Unearthing Paranormalcy is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. I would like, if I may, to take you on a Welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. And I am Chad. Chad is human. I am human. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure I am. <laughs> I'm not much human now. I'm part cow, part metal, part idiot. I'll be the $6 million man soon. Heavy metal. <laughs> so, before we get started on this week's episode, let's go ahead and hear a promo from one of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network shows. Shall we? We shall. Hey there, Luxa here, host of Lux Cult, a podcast where we gleefully taunt the mundane, butcher the Latin and most other languages, and also discuss a variety of occult topics. Exploring the intersection of science, magic, art, and philosophy through the lens of chaos, it's occultism for everyone. Lexicult features interviews with badass authors, artists, and magicians of all walks and experience levels, as well as audiomantic nonsense, cut-up poetry, bibliomancy breaks, and so much more. Don't miss the special two-part episode where Dave and I talk about his path of druidry and go into some of the botany of the plants represented by the Oum alphabet. Also, hear Dave read a guided meditation for the Green Mushroom Project, which is a large-scale group working focused on building connection and regaining ground that you can be a part of. You can hear Lexicall on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in and join us for the ride. This one's a totally radical show. Yeah. Gotta love Luxa. Of course. Everybody does. And this week, we're going to cover a topic that is super popular, yet we've never covered it. Probably the most popular UFO crash incident thingamajigger. Space Jam. Space Jam. Oh, Welcome to the Space Jam. No, we, we did the cover. aliens kidnapped Michael Jordan. Like That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. We did cover the one, uh, the famous crash in Britain at the Rendlesham base. Yes. But we're covering Roswell. <laughs> and the Roswell <laughs> incident. That's right. And typically when I do these shows, what I do is I pull a bunch of resources and I compile them together. And then I put them into a narrative. But this week, instead of me doing that, I'm going to let... Wikipedia do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much on Roswell and so much of it contradicts itself. And and it's so popular. It's like I may as well turn to people that have already done this work. Yeah. Is my reasoning behind it because this incident happened, let's see, 1947. That would have been 75 years ago. Right? Math man? Hmm. 85 years? 75, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, 75 years ago. So the Roswell incident centers on the 1947 recovery of metallic and rubber debris from a military balloon that was recovered by military personnel from Roswell Army Airfield. Decades later, conspiracy theories claim that the debris was a flying saucer which had been covered up by the United States government. What? They don't ever cover anything up. And what's funny is on this article, the covered up is actually a link. So it probably takes you to a long list of things that were covered up. 
by the U.S. government. So in 1994, the United States Air Force published a report identifying the crashed object as a nuclear test surveillance balloon from Project Mogul. On July 8, 1947, Roswell Army Airfield issued a press release stating that it recovered a flying disc. The Army quickly retracted the statement and said instead that the crashed object was a conventional weather balloon. Yeah, big, big jump there. Why would the Army have said it was a flying disc and then change that? To an air balloon. I'm, I don't know. I'm probably thinking maybe the press was like, "Hey, is that a flying disc?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here, <laughs> get out of here, guy." Well, because I'm just uh, I, weather balloons were so common that they would have known what a weather balloon looked like. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, I don't know. And the Roswell incident was not widely discussed until the late 1970s when retired Lieutenant Colonel Jesse Marshall, in an interview with ufologist Stanton Friedman, said he believed the debris he retrieved was extraterrestrial. Ufologists began promoting a variety of increasingly elaborate conspiracy theories, claiming that one or more alien spacecraft had crash-landed and that the extraterrestrial occupant had been recovered by the military, which then engaged in a cover-up. Have you ever seen the um, alien autopsy video? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be the alien from Roswell. Conspiracy theories about the event persist, and the Roswell incident continues to be of interest in popular media. The incident has been described as, quote, the world's most famous, most exhaustingly investigated, and most thoroughly debunked UFO claim, unquote. The city of Roswell, New Mexico, has capitalized on the event. The city's official seal now features a little green man, while the city contains countless ufology attractions, events, statues, and iconography. But did you know that the crash itself did not happen in Roswell. It happened in a little bitty town called Corona. Corona. Aye, Corona. It just so happened that Roswell was the nearest police department and it was the county seat. Interesting. I did research too. Not in any way related to coronavirus, so this episode doesn't need to be flagged. Correct. <laughs> But now I'm starting to wonder have we come for have we come full circle? Did Roswell happen and bring the virus? It stayed dormant for it. a long ass fucking time. <laughs> Roswell was one of many army airfields in New, in New Mexico when debris was recovered from a ranch near Corona. Researchers at Alamogordo Airfield, less than 150 miles from Roswell, were launching classified balloons during the prior weeks. Historian Catherine S. Olmsted notes that the Roswell incident occurred at the dawn of the nuclear age and the Cold War, just months after President Harry Truman had officially announced his administration's intention to fight communism all over the globe. I almost said consumerism. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound right at all. I wish we had a president that would fight commercialism. Yeah. <laughs> right. In 1946 and 1947, the United States' top secret Project Mogul launched thousands of balloons designed to listen for Soviet atomic tests. I'm going to tell you this that I learned in my research. Whereas Project Mogul did exist, it wasn't top secret. <laughs> On June 4th, 1947, researchers from New York University launched one such experimental balloon, Flight 4, from Alamogordo Army Airfield and tracked it flying northeast toward Corona. Contact was lost when the balloon was within 17 miles of where debris would later be discovered. During June and July 1947, Mogul balloons continued to be test launched 
at Alamogordo and White Stands Missile Range. The Roswell incident took place amid the flying saucer craze of 1947. On June 26th, at the beginning of the first summer of the Cold War, media nationwide reported civilian pilot Kenneth Arnold's story of seeing what became known as flying saucers. Historians would later chronicle over 800 copycat sightings that were reported after the Arnold story was published. On July 4th, United Airlines Flight 105 reported seeing multiple flying discs. In June 1947, rancher W.W. Brazel found debris, tinfoil, rubber, and thin wooden beams scattered across a square mile near Corona, New Mexico. Brazel gathered it and pushed it under some brush to dispose of it. <laughs> like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Actually, you can tell that this was written by a damn informationist person. <laughs> he actually took it, some of it back to his barn and then he went and asked people to help him clean it up. He didn't have power, electricity, any of that stuff. He didn't know what was going on with all these sightings. And so people told him to go and tell the sheriff. The sheriff came out and saw the material and told him to contact the Air Force. The Air Force came out and from there on, you know the story. Yeah, absolutely. The information artist. Disinformation agent. There we agent. go. Agents. That's, what, that's the words that I'm looking for. <laughs> I like the information artist. <laughs> the information artists. That is an art form. So as Amy already brought up, the ranch had no phone and no radio, leaving Brazel unaware of the ongoing flying saucer craze. On Saturday night, July 5th, Brazel drove into Corona when he heard stories of silvery flying discs. On July 7th, Brazel transported some of the debris to the sheriff's office in Roswell. The sheriff called Roswell Army Airfield, which assigned the matter to Major Jesse Marshall. Brazel took Marcel back to the debris site, and the two gathered up more pieces of rubber and tinfoil. Marcel took the material home on Monday night. On Tuesday morning, July 8th, Marcel took the material to his base commander, Colonel William Blanchard. Blanchard reported the finding to General Roger Ramey at Fort Worth Army Airfield. General Ramey ordered the material flown to Fort Worth Army Airfield immediately. Marshall boarded a B-59 Superfortress and made the flight to Fort Worth Army Airfield. <laughs> B-29. Bingo. Here's an ABC News broadcast on the Roswell disc. July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspection. Russia has demanded UN action to get all foreign military personnel out of Greece. Southern soft coal operators have not yet reached agreement with John L. Lewis, but the rest of the soft coal industry has resumed production. The House of Representatives has passed the tax reduction bill by more than the two-thirds which would be required to override a veto. Headline edition will bring you special reports and interviews in a moment. He sounds like the guy that does our voices for the Missing 401 episodes. Mm. <laughs> I was about to say, it sounds like Dave. <laughs> On July 8th, 1947, RAAF Public Information Officer Walter Hott issued a press release stating that personnel from the field's 509th Operations Group had recovered a flying disc, which has landed on a ranch near Roswell. The many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force, Roswell Army Airfield, was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers 
and the Sheriff's Office of Shaves County. <coughs> the flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. Not having phone facilities, the rancher stored the disc until such time as he was able to contact the Sheriff's Office, who in turn notified Major Jesse A. Marshall of the 509th Bomb Group Intelligence Office. Action was immediately taken, and the disc was picked up at the rancher's home. It was inspected at the Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned by Major Marshall to higher headquarters. Decades later, Roswell radio announcer Frank Joyce recalled contacting Hot by telephone to verify the release. Joyce recalled, quote, I said, Walter, don't run this story. If you do, you're going to be in trouble. They'll ship you out to Siberia. I remember mentioning that. That was a common phrase in those days, unquote. As soon as Marceau brought the material to Jenner Ramey's office, both Ramey and his chief of staff, Colonel Thomas Dubos, identified the material as pieces of a weather balloon kite. The Fort Worth Army Airfield weather office on duty explained to reporters that such Raywin oh, Raywin targets that were used at about 80 weather stations across the country. The balloons were attached to a six-point reflective device that looked like a silver star. After launch, the balloon expanded with increasing altitude before bursting around 60,000 feet with pieces and then dispersing in their fall to the ground. We'll say by the picture that's on here, yeah, it looks like just a bunch of tin foil, like aluminum foil you would wrap your... But for aluminum foil that's been out in the desert for a long time, it looks pretty damn clean. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's how Marcel's story goes. He took it to the Air Force Base. They took him out of the room. They were talking to him. He came back. The stuff that he brought was gone. And a box full of weather balloon crafting material was there. Oh. Just going to say. That's interesting. Okay, so this article comes from Roswell Daily Record from July 9th, 1947. The balloon which held it up, if that was how it worked, must have been 12 feet long. Brazel felt measuring the distance by the size of the room in which he sat. The rubber was smoky gray in color and scattered over an area about 200 yards in diameter. When the debris was gathered up, the tinfoil, paper, tape, and sticks made a bundle about three feet long and seven or eight inches thick, while the rubber made a bundle about 18 or 20 inches long and about eight inches thick. In all, he estimated the entire lot would have made maybe five pounds. There was no sign of any metal in the area, which might have been used for an engine, and no sign of any propellers of any kind although at least one paper fin had been glued onto some of the tinfoil. There were no words to be found anywhere on the instrument, although there were letters on some of the parts. Considerable scotch tape and some tape of flowers printed on it had been used in the construction. No strings or wires were to be found, but there were some eyelets in the paper to indicate some sort of attachment may have been used. Now that's interesting because what government would use a bunch of tape of flowers on it 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 sounds more like that one story where he was like hold on i'm gonna go get some shit out of my car and he grabbed like his daughter's art project was like that'll do and he crumples it up and he's like here this is what you found (laughs) well (laughs) mr or marsal there when he got the stuff from the crash site and he took it home He got home around 2 a.m. and he went and woke his wife and son up to show them the stuff that he found. Of which was what they were calling a like memory metal. But it was more like oh, you know that's I can't think what it's called, but you it's solid when it's like you can punch it and it's solid, but when you pick it up, it 
oozes. Silly putty? No, it oozes. It's made out of like cornstarch water. Kind of like a slime. Like the not kinetic sand kind of stuff, but yeah. stuff like that. But it was like that, but it was like a metal. Yeah, they make they make it. <laughs> Jeez. They make metallic slime now. Well, Kylie has some of it. They didn't then. But he took it and he woke his family up to see it because he knew it was going to be classified as soon as he turned it in. Yeah. And he wanted them to see what he found from this alien craft. Very cool. Maybe, um, I don't know. Might be getting ahead of myself, but maybe metal reacts differently where they came from. And in our atmosphere, it makes it go all melty. And that's where they're like, oh, shit, the fucking thing is coming apart. (laughs) We're crashing. Because you can imagine if you were in like a spaceship and this is this is true with our spaceship. If it doesn't if our our NASA space shuttle doesn't come in at a certain angle, our uh, our atmosphere will actually set it on fire and melt it. Yeah. So. But yeah, yeah. everybody was handling it that had gone out to the crash scene. Kids, parents, adults. Parents, elderly. It's almost like a thick mercury. Yeah. So on July 9th, Brazel told the Roswell Daily Record that the debris consisted of, quote, a large area of bright wreckage made of rubber strips, tinfoil, a rather tough paper, and sticks, unquote. He paid little attention to it, but returned later with his wife and daughter to gather up some of the debris. On July 9th, Marcel explained, quote, We spent a couple hours Monday afternoon looking for any more parts of the weather device. We found a few more patches of tinfoil and rubber, unquote. That day, papers told how Brazel had reported the debris after hearing stories about flying discs and wondering if that was what he had picked up. Then going to see Sheriff Wilcox, where he, quote, whispered kind of confidential-like, unquote, that he may have found a flying disc. Bum, bum, bum. Beginning in 1978, Jesse Marshall publicly reported that the claims of a weather balloon had been a cover story. In 1991, retired U.S. Air Force Brigadier General Thomas DuBose corroborated Marshall's admission. In 1993, in response to an inquiry from U.S. Congressman Stephen Schiff. Schiff. How the hell do you say that? Schiff. Schiff. In New Mexico. The General Accounting Office launched an inquiry and directed the Office of the United States Secretary of the Air Force to conduct an internal investigation. That's... (laughs) It's like, hey, Air Force, we're going to need you to investigate yourself and tell us what's going on. (laughs) Oh, okay. I wish we civilians could get away with that. What? I've committed a crime? Let me investigate myself. Let me investigate myself and let you, and I'll report back. (laughs) Nope, nothing was done. Sorry. Didn't find any evidence. Um, A 1994 Air Force project concluded that the material covered in 1947 was likely debris from Mo- Project Mogul, a military surveillance program employing high-altitude balloons and classified portion of an unclassified New York University project by atmospheric researchers. See, I told you it wasn't so top secret. <laughs> I wonder if the New York University project with atmospheric research maybe had something to do with like orgone energy or cloud seeding or something like that maybe because they say it was a portion of a different experiment at the same time a scholarly consensus emerged concluding that the military decided to control the true purpose of the crash device nuclear test monitoring and instead informed the public that the crash was of a weather balloon the balloon had been launched from Alamogordo Army Airfield a month earlier. It carried a radar reflector and classified Project Mogul sensors for experimental monitoring of Soviet nuclear testing. 
Air Force Declassification Officer Lieutenant James McAndrew concluded, When the civilians and personnel from Roswell AAF stumbled upon the highly classified project and collected the debris, no one at Roswell had a need to know about information concerning Mogul. This fact, along with the initial misidentification and subsequent rumors that the capture of a flying disc occurred, ultimately left many people with unanswered questions that have endured to this day. They could just answer the fucking questions. <laughs> if there, if it's such a problem, they... Well, see, in the, fi- or the 40, in 40s, they did. And the people were cool with that, because back in the 1940s, people still trusted the government. But as time went on, our trust in the government started falling down. And then you had um, the ufologist, uh, my brain went blank on his name. Stanton Freeman. Stanton Freeman, who, who had been studying a lot about Roswell before that. He went to Marcel and started talking to him and like, hey, what really happened? And then that's when the whole conspiracy of it started to blow up. Oh. Because the people really did believe the the weather balloon story at the time. It made complete sense to them because the government why would the government lie to you? Yeah. Government never lies. And you know, I see that in my mom. You know, she's now starting to realize that hey, the government's full of shit. Yeah. But I saw it in our grandparents and you know, our mom was like, I, I just I I can't remember what it was. I think it was it was either September 11th or April 19th. And she's like, I just can't get into these conspiracies because I just don't think the government would lie to us and do that to its people. And I was just like, okay. (laughs) Well, then, you know, as more shit started hitting the fan, she's like, hmm, I think you're right. Yeah. There, there could be something more to what happens that we don't know about. It's yeah. like, yes, the government has literally been torturing American civilians forever. Oh, yeah. Just like yeah. the, the U.S. has not done anything that any other country hasn't done. They just do it behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Wink, 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 wink. Nudge, wink. nudge. You know, know what I mean? mean? You know what I mean? mean? And sometimes they do it right in front. Yeah. But that's what those dif- disinformation uh, artists are for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the disinformation. I like that. On October 26, 2007, Bill Richardson, who at the time was a candidate for the Democratic Party nomination for U.S. president. He's a bad man now. Was asked about releasing government files on Roswell. Richardson responded that when he was a congressman, he attempted to get information on behalf of his New Mexico constituents, but was told by both the Department of Defense and Los Alamos Labs that the information was classified. How convenient. He said, quote, that ticked me off. The government doesn't tell the truth as much as it should on a lot of issues, unquote. Agreed. He promised to work on opening the files if he were elected president. Guess what? The powers that be didn't let that happen. In a 2012 or 2012 visit to Roswell, President Barack Obama joked, quote, I come in peace, unquote. Hmm. When asked during a 2015 interview with GQ magazine about whether he had looked at top secret classified information, Obama replied, quote, I got to tell you, it's a little disappointing. People always ask me about Roswell and the aliens and UFOs, and it turns out the stuff going on that's top secret isn't nearly as exciting as you expect. In this day, in this day and age, it's not as top secret as you'd think. Unquote. He just admitted there was something going on. <laughs> There's always something. It <laughs> wasn't on. as exciting as we'd hoped. <laughs> yeah, they invented five G. I mean, you just. <laughs> 
In a 2014 interview, former President Bill Clinton reported that his administration had investigated the incident, saying, quote, When the Roswell thing came up, I knew we'd get gazillions of letters. So I had all the Roswell papers reviewed, everything, unquote. And I found out I did not have sexual relations with that alien. (laughs) That's how he found out was the documents. He wasn't sure before that. Mm -hmm. But once he got them documents, he's like, I knew it didn't happen. I knew it. I told Hillary. She didn't believe me. (laughs) Now he's Forrest Gump. In June 2020, then president. Why do they say then president when all the others they say former president? That's weird. Then president Donald Trump, when asked if he would consider releasing more information about the Roswell incident, said, quote, won't talk to you. Uh, what I know about it, it's very interesting. <laughs> Unquote. A.K.A. he didn't know how to read the <laughs> yeah, file. He couldn't read the report. <laughs> so he didn't find out that he did not have sexual relations with that alien. Or he found out that he did have sexual have relations with wife? aliens. She kind of looks like one. And he didn't want to admit to the fact that he, in fact, had had sexual relations with that wife. Or that wife, that alien. <laughs> Do you remember the episode of The Office where Kevin Malone, he comes up with his own language to save time? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, less word save time (laughs) 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 a lot of what president trump says makes a lot more sense when you use kevin malone's voice (laughs) for it (laughs) you're like he leaves out a lot of like like conjoining words and a lot of contextualizing words and in december 2020 obama joked with stephen colbert quote it used to be that UFO and Roswell was the biggest conspiracy, and now that seems so tame. The idea that the government might have an alien spaceship, unquote. <laughs> True. <laughs> Considering that in 2020 they came out with the release of all the footage and all the documents. Yeah. The quote-unquote yeah. all the documents. I mean, uh, the, the documents that we could stand to see. Yeah. Um, I still love this. It's like, shit, they're all fucking worried about COVID and people dying. Corona. When Corona hit, all of the f- <laughs> uh, information was declassified. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> it was just like, it all goes back. Fuck it. Uh, let's just drop this out because no one's going to read it right now. Yeah, let's put it all out there because nobody, <laughs> nobody's paying attention. All they're doing is counting how many dead people there are. <laughs> <laughs> they're all worried about washing their hands for 20 seconds. <laughs> They're fighting over who has to wear masks. Go ahead and release the fact that we're being invaded by aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Who also wear masks? Now, this is going to be a two-part episode. In our next one, we're going to get into more of the conspiracies that come around this thing. Yay. Uh, Do do we want to talk about, like... uh, Like, fiction and where it shows up in, like, pop culture and stuff on this one? I mean, it shows up almost... Every, anything that has to do with aliens. And then and then figure up, uh, is that way we do all the conspiracy stuff in the next one? Let me say, that, that this, what you've read thus far, is very much the skeptic side of it. Yeah, yeah. It's it not... It's not... The sides that I have heard of Roswell, <laughs> and I don't really know what to believe on Roswell. Um, I grew up thinking it was aliens. The older I got, common sense kicked in there, and it's like, well, I mean, it would make sense. But then again, I start doing this podcast, and I see all the other stuff that happens, and I'm like, fucking anything's possible anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was unicorns that were flying around in a spaceship. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it was how oh, Donald Trump landed on the planet. <laughs> That's how With, Donald uh, Trump got here. <laughs> uh, Bozak humanoid warehouse yeah. <laughs> zipping around. <laughs> his ra- his rave went a little. Or his uh, rave went a little too hard. Yeah, and he crashed. And then he just turned. He just started walking off as a normal cow, so no one would notice. Well, <laughs> like, Damn, it's bright out here in this desert. Well, and that's another thing. With is it Brazel, the farmer? 
Marcel? Mar- no. No, Marcel was the Yeah, Brazel. Okay. Or Brazel. Brazel. How he he was leading his flock of animals. Okay. <laughs> to like, the water. I am the shepherd. <laughs> well, yeah, he was leading them to the thing was cows to the watering source on the property. Why the fuck do I have an extra cow? You can lead a cow to water, but that's a horse, isn't it? <laughs> and they came across the debris, and the cow, the animals would not go any further. They wouldn't go around it. They wouldn't go through it. Yeah. They just stopped. Interesting. And so that's why he was he was all pissed off about it and like trying to move it out of the way so the animals would go through. But yeah, that's what got his attention about it. Well, he probably wouldn't have paid it. They knew it was a reptilian spaceship and they were going to be incubated and they didn't want it, so the cows didn't want to go yeah. through it. Animals have a sixth sense about these things. Or were these cattle on the spaceship that crashed? And they're like, oh shit, he found it. Yeah, and they're like, no, pay no attention to the... <laughs> Man behind the curtain. I like when it said he swept it under a bush. It had like real like when you're sweeping and then you just like pick up the rug. And yeah. <laughs> it's like a kid trying to clean his room, just throwing everything in the closet underneath the bed. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody look under my couch. <laughs> <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Sometimes I don't feel like getting down and back using the dustpan. Things might just get swept under the couch and I'm like this is future Amy's problem (laughs) this is future US government problem (laughs) yeah I mean there's so much there's so much to this which I get it now he's putting it out of out of sight out of mind for the animals yeah so they will continue if they can't see it they don't know it's there even though he does because cows, like, God damn, it, I gotta bury this body so yeah. the cows can walk over it. <laughs> yeah, because cows aren't too bright, or are they? Are they super intelligent and they just play well, dumb amongst us humans? Yeah, well, they're dumb enough to take a bolt to the head. So, <laughs> yeah, they're also dumb enough to get their heads stuck in barbed wire. <laughs> but I mean, they've been bred to be that way, though. Yeah, you know, we breed them to them. Yeah. <laughs> like the government's doing to us. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's warning labels on everything. I am under the mindset that if we get rid of more or warning labels, the population drops. The population will drop. The gene pool will get stronger. <laughs> the Darwin Awards will be handed out. But the flat then, earthers will disappear. <laughs> but then I'll fall off the edge. <laughs> the government will make less taxes. Because we get smarter. Because of the lower population. Mm-hmm. We don't question things if we're stupid. <laughs> Hence why our education <laughs> system sucks. But yeah, I mean, this whole th- this whole incident is such a huge part. It's just of a part of any society. kind of society. Yeah, just history and period. Like, oh yeah. I remember learning this in school, like just to talk. I mean, like, yeah, they didn't go into deep depths about it, but it was talked about in school. It was like the fact that this is taught in the same class is like Vietnam, <laughs> World War Two. It's like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> Gonna text our daughter. Oh, and ask her what she knows about Roswell. <laughs> it's a TV she, show because she's eleven. Going. I'm gonna see if it if it permeated is permeated into Gen Z yet. Yeah, probably not. Or did it? She's s- probably gonna think it's some King Kardashian TV show. There is a, a show called Roswell, oh, and it's a really good show. Eli got me watching it. He was yeah. like, "Sis, you have to watch this. It's such a good show." Yeah, and I did. I watched it, and then the season in, the seasons ended on Netflix, and I don't think they ever finished it. So it left me hanging, and then that pissed me off, but. Just like Brazel and the government <laughs> when he turned in the parts. Okay, her response is the what? So it has not permeated no. Gen Z. So I'm guessing. I told you, our generation, the Gen teachers Z. are Gen- yeah. stupid, less yeah, Gen- and less. Well, th- this yeah. this might be why though. I'm looking at this popular fiction stuff, and it looks like there's a huge window where it doesn't show up in popular fiction from like 2010 until. 
2019. Yeah. So with the series Roswell, it really, really penetrated. I'm going to guess Gen Gen X and the millennials. Yeah. And the boomers probably. Yeah, I'm going to bet it it really penetrated them. Oh yeah, penetrated (laughs) them hard and deep. Oh, she said. She said the what? And I said, that's what I wanted to know. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So in the 19. 80 independently distributed film Hangar 18. An alien ship crashes in the desert of the U.S. Southwest. Debris and bodies are recovered, but their existence is covered up by the government. Director James L. Conway summarized the film as a modern-day dramatization of the Roswell incident. Conway later revisited the concept in 1995 when he filmed... The Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode, Little Green Men. (laughs) In that episode, characters traveled in 1947, triggering the Roswell incident, with their ship being stored in Hangar 18. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I remember Scooby-Doo having a Roswell episode. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. There's a lot of cartoons I used to watch that all, like, from the, the 90s to the early 2000s, that at least had some tie-in with a Roswell episode. Well, truly, one of my favorite Roswell alien movies would probably be Paul. Yeah, Paul's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, all the movies that they drive through Roswell, they yeah. show all the Roswell, you know, touristy sites, the spaceship-shaped Donut place, oh, yeah. you know. And that Honestly, came even out Justice in... League had a Roswell episode. Uh, and then, let me see. Uh, yeah, that Simon Pegg comedy, Paul, uh, came out in 2011. Beginning in 1993, the, hit, old. The, the hit television series, The X-Files, featured the Roswell yeah. incident as a recurring element. The show's second episode, Deep Throat, Introduced introduced a Roswell alien crash into the show's mythology. The Roswell incident was most prominently featured in My Struggle, while the comical 1996 episode Jose Chung's From Outer Space satirized the recently broadcast Santelli alien autopsy hoax film. After the success of The X-Files, Roswell alien conspiracies were featured in other sci-fi drama series, including Dark Skies and Taken. In the 1996 film Independence Day, an alien invasion prompts the revelation of a Roswell crash and cover-up, extending even to concealing the information from the President of the United States to facilitate plausible deniability. According to the Defense Secretary, it's MJ 12. The 2008 film Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull sees the protagonist on a quest for an alien body from the Roswell incident. I forgot about that one. There's a new one coming. Is there? In a 2001 episode of the animated comedy Futurama, titled Roswell That Ends Well. (laughs) Protagonists from the 31st century travel back in time and cause the Roswell incident. Um, The 2006 comedy Alien Autopsy (laughs) revolves around the 1990s creation of the Stan Tilly hoax film. Um, Starting in 1998, Pocket Books published a series of young adult novels titled Roswell High, from 1999 to 2002. I remember that. The books were adapted into the WB slash UPN TV series Roswell. With the second adaption release in 2019 under the, tos- under the title Roswell, New Mexico. I never put those two together. But yeah, <laughs> I read the some books. of those books. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've never like placed them together for some reason. I'm sure it's because it was so long ago that I read the books. But I'm sorry, I just bring up the Futurama. I was like, I was like, I'm trying to remember this episode. Then I was like, oh yeah, Zoidberg is the alien they capture. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to cut open his shell. Zoidberg. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then there's a bunch more <laughs> nobody's probably heard of. Oh yeah. 
bunch of like made for TV movies and miniseries and that didn't make it past their first season and <laughs> and then sometimes it just shows up in like uh one little episode here and there of a show everybody's forgot about. Or it'll just literally be the background of some other scene. I'm sure they oh, went yeah. to Roswell yeah. at some point in Breaking Bad. You know, like Oh yeah. And you just don't even pick up on it because it's just yeah. there. But Yeah, that sounds like a funny scene for uh, Badger and Skinny Pete. <laughs> <laughs> There's aliens everywhere, man. I know. But I mean... What's crazy is the government's always watching and they're always listening, man. <laughs> I'd lo- I've actually never been to Roswell. But just the touristy part of like the whole thing sounds like fun as fuck to me. Mm. That's what reason yeah. I want to go to like Point Pleasant. Like, yeah, just the touristy part of. If anything, it set Roswell apart from the rest of like that part of New Mexico, because the rest of that part of New Mexico is pretty much only known for like it's meth. <laughs> so it set itself apart. Can you imagine if it had happened in Corona? And they they called it the Corona incident instead of the Roswell incident. That little bitty town of Corona would probably be huge now. Yeah. You know? No, it would have been uh, until 2020. Yeah. <laughs> then nobody would want to go to Corona. I want to I say, like, you keep bringing this up, but I want to say the coronavirus was discovered in the 1940s. Just gonna say, did the aliens bring it to us? And it was that's how I got its name. It wasn't because they look like little crowns, it was because it happened in Corona 1965. Okay, see, so that's when they released the information about it (laughs) after they had been studying it at Fort or right. That's for the next episode, Amy. Okay, that'll be the fun one. This one's got me all worked up because disinformation artists. <laughs> DIA. DIA. Wait, that's the Drug Enforcement Agency. <laughs> oh, that was a DEA. Oh. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's how you spell enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, idiot. Told you the government's trying to make us stupider. <laughs> Said the government's trying to make us stupider. <laughs> yeah, way more stupider. <laughs> DI disinformation uh, artist. <laughs> trying to make us try stupid. Try stupiderst. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of artist are you? Oh, I'm a DIA. <laughs> oh, what? Don't worry about it. Dia. <laughs> You do diagrams? Yeah, that that's it. This guy's an idiot. I'm going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I make diagrams with art. That's why I'm a... Yeah, that, this, that's what a DIA stands for. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, it's working. I like dicks and assholes. Amy, there's whoa, no whoa, reason whoa, for you to whoa, share whoa. that on the podcast. DIA! Oh! Uh, wait, disinformation's one word. So it'd be DA. Duh. <laughs> so you're telling me that the district attorneys are actually disinformation artists? Some of them are. <laughs> See, I knew I had to add the I in there so it didn't, you know, blend with anything else. Yeah, some of them really are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, that's, that took a dark turn. <laughs> that's another episode for another time of podcast that we don't do. On the next episode of Idiots Talk About Law. <laughs> it's it's our new podcast, Law and Chaos. <laughs> Just let them do whatever the fuck want to do. You need attorneys at law. That would be what happened if I walked into a courtroom. <laughs> uh, law and Chaos disinformation artist artist <laughs> unit. <laughs> I love it. Burm, 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 burm. <laughs> So we'll get back next week, though, with some conspiracies. Conspiracies. Yeah. And some other theories. 
I don't know about other theories. I think it's just all conspiracies. One of them has to be right. Some, what, something is the true story. And yeah. I don't think it's what we discussed today. Because where I stand right now, something uh, more than a weather balloon crashed in Roswell. Let me take a look. What was that date again that Roswell, the crash? July something. 47. I knew it was 47. No, it looks like it's just all conspiracy. Uh, July... July 8th is when they released the press. I think it was like July 3rd or 2nd. They didn't because they didn't come out to like the press until the 8th. Okay, I'll just look up. Well, so let's see here. Maybe July 4th. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was born on July 30th. Larry David on the 2nd. Carlos Satan on the 20th. OJ Simpson was on the 9th. David Bowie. Oh, that was January 8th. Liar. Didn't say just in July. I was say David Bowie. Oh, fuck, that's what happened. Yeah, I was gonna say I was <laughs> Rob. I oh, know said they want this thing. Did not listen to what I said. I said famous people born July 1947. I'm getting 1918, <laughs> January. Stupid internet disinformation agents. <laughs> they know what we're talking about. But no, if David Bowie was born in July of seven, or 47, I would have been like, fucking A, that's yeah, what happened no. when Roswell crashed happened. No. It was January of 47. Yeah, the only ones that I'm seeing that could have been would have been OJ or Arnold. Arnold, I could see being an alien. Get in the chopper. <laughs> yeah, get to the disc. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. It's a good movie. Have you seen Kindergarten Cop in a while? Do you it have was it? on TV the other it day. It holds up pretty good. Pretty good. Well, I'm going to say July birthdays are just the best, but I might be a little biased. All right, so next week we come at you with the conspiracies and all that fun stuff. But until then, go check out the other podcasts on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Also, check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Discord at UMPNormalcy.com. Oh, wait. I don't like that. You can find us on those, too. You can find all that through UMPNormalcy.com as well. Uh, don't forget to check out... <laughs> Lost my mind. <laughs> my Etsy store. I am really slow at getting stuff up, but I got a new computer, so hopefully that'll speed things along there. And... I think that's going to do it. So until next time, keep digging. DIA. Unearthing Paranormalcy is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. To hear more great independent productions like the one you just listened to, visit our catalog 